Do you know that you have a superpower? Well, you do, friend. I'm not talking about the superpower of doing a thousand things and juggling a million tasks, although we certainly have that as moms. On the podcast today, I'm talking with Michelle Kais about harnessing our unique internal superpower to steward our families well without the overwhelm, stress, and guilt that can so often accompany parenting. Michelle Kais is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Florida and a mommy wellness coach. She has a coaching wellness business called The Mommy Consultant that focuses on empowering working moms to put their wellness needs first. She offers private coaching as well as virtual and in-person wellness events for moms. When she's not working, she's enjoying life by the pool with her family, doing yoga and doing meditation and cuddling with her dog. And Michelle is so encouraging and supportive of moms. And in the podcast episode today, you'll hear her journey of going from special needs teacher and not understanding why parents were not implementing um, the strategies that she was asking them to implement, to then being a mom, and then to becoming a mommy coach um, and a licensed therapist that she is now. In this episode, we talk about harnessing our individual superpowers to take care of our own families, and Michelle shares practical tips about how to take care of yourself while you're also caring for others in your home. Grab a paper and pen for this episode, and let's get started. Hey, Mama. Welcome to Raising Deaf Kids. Do you want more ease in your daily life? Do you want to integrate language skills into your home but have no idea where to start? Do you find yourself searching for how to learn sign language and time management tips? Hey, I'm Elaine. I'm a mom of three littles, two of whom are deaf. I remember when I received the hearing loss diagnosis for our child. There were so many decisions and information overload big time. I lacked clarity and confidence and I yearned for ease and balance in our lives. It was then that I discovered communication strategies to support our kids' language development, time management tips, and home systems that fit into our busy lives. And I can't wait to share them with you. So put down that to-do list for a fresh mug of coffee and let's get started. Did you know that I have a free community of women just like you? Busy moms who want more ease and balance in their lives by creating effective communication systems for their families. In the community, we share tips for time management and support each other through hearing loss with our kids. Come join us at facebook.com slash groups slash Raising Deaf Kids. All right, welcome back to the Raising Deaf Kids podcast. We've got Michelle Kais with us today, who I'm so excited about it. We've already been talking. I just told Michelle, we're having such a great conversation. Let me press record <laughs> so other people can hear. Um, we are here to talk about wellness, burnout, caregiver, um, you know, all, basically all those things and probably more. And I would love to start out before I start running my mouth. <laughs> I would love to start, Michelle, with just a little bit of your background and how you kind of got into this work, working with moms. Yeah, so I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in Florida, and I got into this by, you know, being a mom first, but I want to kind of backtrack. I have been a therapist for about 10 years, 
And I have a long history of working with kids. So before I was even a therapist, I worked as a teaching artist in New York City. Um, I taught dance. Um, I ran workshops with families and I loved what I was doing. And then one day I'm doing a workshop on, um, I think it was like about social media at the time. And this was like 2008 you know, nine around there. And parents were just starting to learn things like LOL, LMFAO, like how do you communicate with your kids? And I said yeah. the workshop and the parents were like, oh my goodness, like you were so helpful. This was great. This was fun. And I started to realize that maybe I need to kind of switch my focus. I loved working with kids, but I started talking with families and parents more. And so that kind of sparked me going to school around like 2010, 2011. And I went to school and I wanted to be a marriage and family therapist because I knew I wanted to work with families. I knew that was really important. So I kept doing that, working with families. I worked in schools. Even after I finished, I had a private practice for a little bit. And I started working with kids on the spectrum also for a while. And that really hit home for me because I was not only working with the kids, but I'm working in the fa- with the families in their homes and I'm seeing the challenges that they're dealing with. But I will be honest, I was younger and I did not have kids at that time. And so the first thing that I kept saying was, I don't understand why these parents are not doing what I'm asking them to do. Like I don't, yeah. I don't understand why I'm giving them the skills and the strategies and the tools and they're not doing the work. And so that started just kept coming in my mind. And then I had my child. So in 2016, I had my daughter and I'll be honest, I really thought I had it all together. I thought, I was like, I I work with kids. I'm good. I'm fine. And I had my daughter. I was really blessed to be able to spend time with her for a couple of months before I go back. I went back into work. So I go back into work. I'm doing my job. I worked as a behavior therapist. Um, I did a lot of ABA. So if anyone's familiar with applied behavior analysis, so I'm doing a lot of ABA work. Um, I am, you know, working with kids who are nonverbal at times. We're doing potty training. We're doing all of this. And then I come back home and then I'm caregiving for my daughter too, as well. And for my husband too, as well, you know, and I'm asking him to chip in. I'm doing all these things. And I walk into work one day and I've already been kind of crying and a little bit emotional throughout, you know, when I was going to work and then coming home, I walk into work one day and I just start bawling and crying. So my, my, my boss is like, hi, how are you? And then I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like just that ugly cry. And that was the moment that things just kind of started to shift and change for me. And I started to wonder what, what is going on with moms? Like, why are we not able to kind of, and I really at the time was like, why can't we do it all? Like, why can't we go to work? Why can't we caregive for our our families? Like, why can't we take care of ourselves? And so this kind of started a journey of wondering what, 
what's going on and being very curious about this idea of wellness for moms. So that's kind of how the trajectory started around then. Great. I love your story so much. And something that really resonated with me was, so I started out um, out of college as a teacher myself. So I was a high school Spanish teacher. Um, And I agree, you know, I was in my early twenties as well. I was young. I didn't have kids yet. And I'm teaching high schoolers, which was great. I loved my high schoolers. Um, And I, but uh, yeah, I really didn't understand, like when I was telling the parents, you know, um, in his study more, like giving them study tips and stuff and like why they weren't getting their like 15 year old to like do this or why the parents were asking me who I'm like at the time 23. And this is like my first job ever. <laughs> and I don't even have like a baby yet, much less like a teenager. And they're like asking me, um, you know, how do I get them to study more? How do I get them to do this? This, you know, I did, I um, told them to do like what my mom did with us because yeah. <laughs> we had a fantastic mom who did like a great job raising us and a great job with like boundaries. We were also like very self-motivated. So that like probably made a difference as well. But like, mm-hmm. I mean, she definitely gave us consequences when we didn't do work and didn't do stuff. Um, And yeah, and I've talked to her a lot about it. And so I told, I gave them the advice that like, I knew that my mom <laughs> had done for me, but it, it it is different, you know, now I think, you know, to your point on that, I would go, if I like went back to teaching now, I would do it better. Yeah. Um, because I've had kids of my own. I know how to now put down boundaries with kids. <laughs> I know how to talk to parents. I know what parents are going through. And I, you know, I have often thought about like, you know, why am I like starting this work so late? Like, I mean, late, you know, I'm 37. So I'm like, not that late, but you know, yeah. Why couldn't I have like done this earlier, started this earlier, started this podcast earlier and this brand and, you know, everything. And I was like, I literally couldn't have, Yeah, I couldn't have done this work. I couldn't have started it until I, you know, had been through the experiences that I went through with having kids and then having deaf kids. And, you know, we're seven years into the journey of having deaf kids with two of them, um, you know, I couldn't have even maybe done this work when I had just had deaf kids for like a year or two because there's so much, and there's so much that I'm obviously continuing to learn, but yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you think, why, why couldn't I do this? Why couldn't I do that? And, you know, sounds like the same thing with you is that you couldn't have done the work that you're doing now without having some of that personal experience before. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And this, I love that question of like, why, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? And I think that that is something that pops into a lot of moms' minds is like, why am I having problems with doing these things? And, and I think that that question started to come for me in the beginning. And, um, you know, my, my daughter is like a couple months old. I'm like, why can't I care for her? Why can't I take care of her? Why can't I do all these things? And I think giving ourselves some ease and grace as like human beings Mm -hmm. is really important. And I think, and it's hard in the world that we live in today 
because I don't, I, I hate to say it. I don't think there's a lot of grace sometimes. Um, you know, no, I don't think so at all. I agree. Reply to this email, get this done, do this thing. Like let's kind of speed it up. And I encourage my moms to really slow down sometimes because we feel like the world is so busy and you see it a lot on social media, even about being a mom, it's kind of like showing up. You have to like have the house together, have things clean. And I think some of that language is changing on social media. I think we are starting to see kind of reels of, of moms having like a messy kitchen or like, you know, laundry all over. I the see place. this video here. <laughs> They're clean, like, but the clothes I've been seeing there for two weeks because my husband hasn't put them away yet. Yeah, we're starting to see, but we're starting. It's what to, it is? It's my life. Yeah. Yeah, we're starting to see real life, and that it's okay to have those things. That it's okay to have a messy kitchen, um, and that what's often happening is that we're trying to move through the mess. So we're really trying to move through the mess, and a lot of that is unpredictable. So I, we, we were, we were first talking, you're like, okay, my kids are here. And my daughter yesterday was just started sneezing, coughing out of nowhere. Like, you know, it's like, and then the cough comes and you're like, what's going on? What are we like, what are we going to do? And you have to start switching and changing your plans and what you're going to do. And I think that's what happens, especially for our parents who have to deal with children with special needs. Is because we're, you're now adjusting to something that maybe you didn't expect. You know, we didn't expect to happen. And so it's like, how do you adjust to that change within yourself is usually what I'm seeing. Yeah, I love that. And you're right. I mean, as far as the hearing loss, we didn't expect it. There was no hearing loss in our family. And the statistic out there is like 90% of kids with hearing loss are going to be born to parents with no hearing loss. So yeah. the majority of the kids out there are born to parents who don't have the same life experience as them. Mm -hmm. um, and that is a stressor as well, because you're trying to understand the experience of your child and mm -hmm. raise them, um, you know, and trying to give them space for navigating the world differently. And you're coming to terms we talk a lot on this um podcast about like grief and acceptance of the diagnosis at the beginning which many parents are going through a little bit later which is fine and i encourage all parents that that's like a normal part of um, getting any type of like diagnosis for your child and you know it doesn't mean that you're a bad parent it just means that it turned out differently than what you expected and mm -hmm. what you had hoped for your child and as you were saying like you're having to change. Mm -hmm. you, you thought you were going down one path when you had a baby, baby turns two months, all of a sudden they can't hear you're going down another path for life. Yeah. You know, because these diagnoses aren't, you know, things that you're dealing with, with your kids for the rest of their life. And that's a big change <laughs> to you. You know, I love that you said that. I think you mentioned this before about when we have to change things, there's a moment where we, we kind of feel like we're losing something and there's this feeling of grief. And so there are the stages of grief that start to come in. There's that anger, there's that resentment, you know, having to then accept. And so being okay 
in that stage. So one of the biggest examples of, of parenting that happens is that stage of grief, of anger. You know, I think that's very uncomfortable for a lot of our moms is that stage of anger. Like, why can't I do the things that, you know, I thought I would be able to do? Why do I have to now learn this new skill and strategy? You know, why do I have to learn sign language now? Like, why do I have to do these things? And so sometimes I encourage my clients to sit in that anger because that is important. That's important work right there. When you sit in that anger, even though it's really uncomfortable, you know, sitting in that anger, that's often what can help you to move forward um, because you're giving yourself an opportunity to understand you're a human being and you feel like everyone else. And it is okay to be angry because what you expected is not what happened. Yeah. No, and, you know, I absolutely agree with that. And it is so interesting that, I mean, you probably see this more than me. I work with parents like locally in the parent support group. Um, so I see this some is just like they, people get really uncomfortable with like being uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It's like they will do anything to not have to just like sit with the emotion for a minute. And, you know, I've been talk interested in learning about for myself and also talking to my husband about um, the stress cycle and, you know, that you have to like close the stress cycle or else your body stays in like a basically a constant state of fight and flight, which I think a lot of moms are constantly in. And I know that I was before I went to therapy and before I figured out um, how actually through tapping how to tapping and like, you know, walking or like doing exercise, how I can like move through the stress response. And, you know, I tell parents and people, some of that is if you just sit with the emotion and acknowledge it and like go through the stress cycle, you actually go through it like a lot faster than you think. And you come out on the other side, um, feeling so much less tense, like, you know, even physically in your body, like your shoulders are more relaxed, your, um, not just like feeling tense up all the time, you probably digest your food better because um, having like it increases your cortisol, just like physically speaking. And, you know, you get like bloated belly. So then you are mad because like your clothes aren't fitting and you're like, now I have to go on a diet and it, it yep. keeps going, you know, and then it causes other things where if you just sit, just acknowledge, go to a quiet place, meditate, do tapping, you know, whatever you need to do. And then go for like a walk afterwards or like do exercise to like physically get the response out of your body. Then all of a sudden you're like so much clearer. You have so much more capacity to do with your kids. Um, I know that when I'm able to like complete my stress cycle, I am like much more calm. Um, I have more capacity for empathy for looking at someone, you know, if they're getting mad at me or which doesn't have often, you know, or even for my kids and realizing, okay, like what is the underlying thing? Like, this isn't about me. It's not about like what they're acting. There's like an underlying thing and having so much more empathy, which when I was in burnout and like not doing this and was kind of fight and flight all the time, I wasn't able to have that um, empathy for other people. And it felt like everyone was just like against me all the time. You know what I mean? And it 
no one was against me. It's just that other people are dealing with stuff too. They may take it out on you. And if you're coming from like a healed place, you're able to be calmer about it and say, this is like not about me. This is mm -hmm. about like what is going on deeper and have more empathy because you're like, hey, like I was going through stuff too. Other people go through stuff. Um, but you almost like can't do that until you move through the stress cycle. Great. Oh, I love this. I love this conversation. I could definitely tell you've done therapy before. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is powerful. And I, I was asked the other day in a, a podcast, like, what is my superpower? And I talk about moms being superheroes, but in a different context. So not in a superpower way of like, oh, let's like run in and like handle everything and scoop things up, harnessing your own internal superpower and our emotions are really big superpower that we are not we're not addressing and we're not noticing. We're kind of like, we notice it and then we're like, oh, let's just kind of skip that to the side. But what you're saying is like, when we can notice our emotions, we can give ourselves some time and some space if we can. And I think this, this takes a lot of practice. And I talk about that. That's why therapy is important. That's why doing a lot of emotional work is important. When we can practice that, we then can, first of all, we can teach that to our children which is powerful, you know, to be able to do that for yourself and then teach that to our children. And then we kind of almost like give ourselves, like I would say, all thing I could think of is like a hug. Like we give ourselves this hug that it's okay, that you're a human being, you're allowed to have these emotions and that is all right, which a lot of us did not get early on. And I think that when you're talking about the healing that's where it comes in is that we weren't given that as a child. And I think especially a lot of our like millennial, you know, Gen X, Gen Z, like kind of, you know, our, our parents are the boomers right now and they had to really push. They had to go to work. You know, our moms were going into work maybe for the first time because that they were like, Hey, I don't want to do what my mom did before that she was staying home. And so now I want to like, get that degree or I want to go for it and I want to work. And so that left some of us in an environment where we might not have been able to give, like have the opportunity for emotions and have that opportunity for that hug because our parents were working. And I think now we're trying to switch of like, so how can I work and still do what I love, take care of my children, and then also like tend to my emotional wellness and my needs. And so how, how are we trying to do all of that? But the way you're talking about is really accepting that for yourself, that you have emotions, using those skills and strategies that you're going to learn from a therapist or a coach, and then passing that on to your kids. And so then your kids are learning that because they're not only doing it, they're not only like your teeth, they're teaching, the parent is teaching, but also your parent is seeing it, like your child is seeing that too as well. So, and my little one says that a lot of times she, she tells people what I do for a living is, um, I help people with their feelings and help people with their emotions. And I'm like, and she's told that. strangers that like, yeah, my mommy helps people with their feelings and their emotions. And, um, and we talk about if we were, we're on the playground and there is a child 
who sometimes she might address and she might be like, well, why are they doing that? So like, why would they be signing would be an example. Or the other day, there was a, a child that looked about at the playground, probably about six or seven years old, not sure, um, but also was nonverbal um, and ended up like pushing her. Like, uh, just like kind of, she was sitting there on this little fun hammock thing, pushed her. And then she's just like in shock. And then I come over and we talk about it. And I'm like, how do you feel? She's like, I just feel kind of hurt. Like, why would that kid do that? And I'm like, well, you have to understand that there are some kids who are not able to express their feelings and their emotions with their words. And so sometimes they only know how to do that with their hands. And so let's, let's find a way to resolve this if that kid comes over again. And so our, our plan was that she would just kind of remove herself. If she noticed that kid was coming, we would kind of talk about it and process how she was feeling. And then she would go and kind of, you know, go and, and play. And I think when parents can do that for themselves, like you said, we can then do it for others, our children, and maybe even like you said, at the the person at the store who's upset that they don't have any more, I don't know, I can only think of toilet paper these days when we were like going crazy over toilet paper. But yes, yeah, I that was a thing. <laughs> I but I love that, like really empathizing and learning how to use our emotions are just it's so important. Yeah. And I will say to your point, I wasn't able, you're talking to me or I'm talking to you now. Um, post a year of therapy, you know, so I want our audience to understand now I'm like super open about it um, because I'm just open about things. And also like, I want other moms and parents to be encouraged to like go to therapy if they need it and to get this help and that it will, you know, make you feel better and be a better mom. You won't be so stressed, empathy, all that. But, you know, before I went to therapy, I did not recognize like any of this in myself at all. And I wouldn't have been able to like show up and talk to you the same way that I'm talking to you right now with like calmness and healing. Um, you know, I finally went to therapy two years ago in 2021 because I was having so many arguments with my husband because I had just, the burnout was like a slow creep for me. So I didn't feel it after I had my first one, but then I had my second one diagnosed with hearing loss. So here we go again. And, you know, all these therapies. And then, you know, I had my third child um, and I had like just had her at that point. And, you know, it just like more and more kept getting piled on my plate coupled with, like you said, with dealing with some things um, from childhood, kind of like more micro trauma is like, you know, in childhood, I felt like I had to be in charge of everybody, um, you know, because of different things that were going on in my house. And I didn't realize that I carried that into adulthood. So I also thought that I needed to like manage my husband, that I needed to manage my parents who like don't need managing, um, I, you know, that I needed in addition to the kids and myself, I needed to like emotionally, mentally, physically manage everybody else. So yeah. that is where burnout came in when I thought I was in charge of everybody. Also, I'm an oldest child. <laughs> yes. yes. You know, that makes a difference. I'm the oldest of like three kids myself. So I'm also like a little bossy sometimes. <laughs> um, so, and then I finally, you know, and what it took, and this is hard to do. I finally had to realize that the problem was me. 
that it wasn't my husband and it wasn't other people. Now I know in other families it can be different, but in my case, he wasn't like doing anything. I would just like get mad at, I don't know, because he didn't put like the pan away right or something. I mean, something really small and it would blow up into this huge argument. And I was just finally like, there is something wrong here. I'm going to try therapy. Um, and my cousin who is a counselor herself is always talking about like the benefits of therapy. She was shocked because she had recognized that I need to go to therapy for a while. And she was like, you are the last person that I thought would do it when I told her that I was going to therapy. And I did. So it goes to show that anyone can do it. Even if you think you're the last person, that was me. And I did anyway. And it's also important to note that when I did a year of therapy, I met with my therapist once a week on Zoom. I did through BetterHelp, actually. Um, She was fantastic. um, And I did not try to do anything that year or create anything that year. All I did that whole year, an entire like calendar year, Starting in January, I started in January and I finished January about December, January, 2022nd, because we had met my goals and, you know, I was feeling good. Um, All I did was work on myself and work on the homework. And I literally, you know, I met her once a week. I put it on my calendar. We did not like skip weeks. Um, You know, if we were going on vacation, I tried to do it earlier than we, the week I, you know, told my husband, like, I've got to do this. He agreed with me. He's a psych nurse practitioner too. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's kind of in like the mental health field as well. And, and he started like seeing the benefits pretty quickly when I went to therapy, but I really just only that year committed to therapy. Yeah. And in a year, I did a lot of really hard work. And I committed that I was going to do it. I committed that I was going to like feel the feelings, <laughs> which I didn't really want to do, but I did. And then after a year, you know, we had met the goals and I still check in with her from time to time right now. Um, you know, and I'm obviously, I know that I can always go back to her if I need anything else right now. I feel really good. I learned a lot of skills. Um, she was fantastic. It was helpful just to talk to someone who wasn't in the situation yeah. who was outside of it because people, other people see things in you that you don't see in yourself. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? You yeah. can identify as a therapist, different things that I'm saying or what's going on and help me like realize that about myself that I don't see because I'm like in it or, you know, my mindset is like clouded. Um, so yeah, so I am glad you're here because that's my story. And, you know, now I have like so much capacity I have my wellness routine. I'm creating all of these things, even though like I also have three little kids and my husband is like finishing up school. Um, And I just feel like I am like, can just do like have more and more to give, which I didn't feel that way before, if that makes sense. Um, It really is a powerful thing to go to, to. Yeah, you have more space and you were talking about that, you know, your family member was like, well, I'm, you know, you're the last person I would think, you know, that would do therapy. And I think that that's like a misconception. Is that like almost like you have to be in some sort of way like broken or something's a specific picture of, you know, a person going to therapy. And I always tell the story about when the 
when I walked into my boss's office that time, when I opened the door and I'm crying, I go to my car and I actually went on psychology today and I looked for a therapist. I was a therapist and I knew something was wrong. I had tons of training, but it didn't really matter. Like I needed to process something within myself. And I think that's what people don't realize what therapists do is that we're giving you that outside opportunity for someone to look in a process. And I ended up going to someone the next day and she had asked me the question, like, well, Michelle, what do you give yourself permission for? And I seriously was like, what are you talking about permission? Like, I don't need to give anybody any permission for anything. I do what I want to do. You know, that's where I was in 2017. And, but I, we had to sit and talk and I did, I went through, it was about a year and going through that process. um, I ended up leaving that job And part of it was because I was a licensed therapist at the time working as a registered behavioral tech. And if anyone knows about that industry, that's someone who doesn't really need to have a degree. Like you can have a bachelor's degree maybe. So I was in a job that was not matching my qualifications. And so that was the first thing I didn't realize that I was experiencing a lot of burnout because I wasn't really giving myself that worth that I knew that I really wanted. It was a great job. It was just not for that time anymore in my life. And so I ended up going to a job that was more aligned with that. But I'm going to tell you that for the past several years, until I started this business, um, my, my mommy wellness business and focusing on that, I still was all over the place. I still, I would show up to work. I don't think anyone would know that you know, cause I would show up to work. I was working a full-time job. I worked with, still worked with kids and families. And I was, everyone was like, wow, you're so equipped. Like you're, you're doing your job. And like, I always had my documentation and I was doing all these things, but inside I knew something was just, I was just kind of going on this wheel constantly. And it wasn't until the pandemic, to be honest. And I think we all can say that that changed our life. <laughs> that I started to reflect and realize, okay, what do I really want? You know, what, what do I really see for myself? And so I started my virtual private practice. I started my mommy coaching business and started working with moms. And um, actually what happened was during that period of 2017, I started using, I kind of just stopped for a moment and said, okay, so what would I tell a client? And I would give a client a treatment plan, which is something we normally do. And I said, what if I do like a treatment plan for myself? What if I kind of do a wellness plan for myself? And so I started investigating what really worked. I found that I was, I I loved things like painting. I love art. I loved like um, reading. I wasn't doing those things. And it was not because, yes, I could say I didn't have any time or anything. I hadn't let, I didn't really leave space for that. I didn't trust myself. I didn't set boundaries. I didn't let go of a lot of things from my past. And so that's what I ended up making a course about is that like, wow, like we can really as moms not only survive, like we can really thrive. And we can thrive by looking at wellness in a different way. That's not just one thing. 
it's a multitude of things. And so I saw the change in me. And then I saw the change in my moms that I was working with. And they're like, wow, I feel so much lighter. I feel like I can focus. I feel like I have more time. And that is exactly what we want. You know, I think sometimes we just feel like we can't have it, that it's not possible. And like you said, we're stuck in this kind of cycle, the stress cycle. And so the the real work is to get out of that. Um, and like you said, to commit to it, like we have to kind of make the commitment for ourselves. Yeah. And I love that, you know, I love that you put together a wellness like program for yourself because it is so important. And, you know, I know that you specifically work with um, working moms, um, which I like that could be a large part of our audience as well. Um, you know, what would you say to working moms because I feel like um, that's a lot of times where burnout comes in because you're trying to do everything. You're trying to be a mom. If you have special needs kids, you're also striking this balance of being a mom and a caregiver and an advocate, which is a little bit extra, you know, um, and trying to help the rest of the world understand your child and understand how to navigate around your child. And, you know, sometimes the rest of the world isn't so nice about that. Or, you know, isn't so nice about the fact that your child is nonverbal and pushed another kid on the playground. And, you know, as the parents, the special needs parent, that your child didn't mean to be mean. They, you know, but then other parents start looking at you like, why is your child pushing other people? And you don't have time in that moment to like extensively educate everybody, mm-hmm. you know, about like and give them the rundown because you're just trying to like help your child and you know and then you feel bad that Mm -hmm. your child can't function quote unquote like normally in society or with like societal norms and that's a big um like pressure on moms who also be caregiving you know sometimes if you have kids who are deaf plus and other medical needs you may be caregiving for their needs for their entire lives um which is basically your entire life and you know and then you're also trying to be just mom Mm-hmm. And then maybe you're working on top of that. There are, and so mom guilt comes in, burnout comes in, you know, I didn't have time to do this. I didn't do this today or mm-hmm. this week or, you know, how, what do we do <laughs> if we're working mom and we've got all of this, you know, where is this like mom guilt coming from? So then I feel like a lot of moms say they don't have time for wellness, but really they feel guilty mm-hmm. about taking the time because they're working. They're like, I already took the time to work. And now you're saying I have to take more time away from my kids to do something just for me, but I need to like do for my kids. And I think they get in a cycle of wanting to do extra for their kids to make up for the fact that they're working. Yep. Ooh, yes. All of the above, all the above. So what I usually like to do is think about things of how we can like, I like to talk about ways we can remember in the moment. Like I want to give some tips to remember in the moment. So let's do like three T's. Okay. So first thing is trust. You need to trust yourself. Okay. And um, second one is tussle with those emotions. So we were talking about a lot of emotional work. I need you to work on that, like practicing the tussling of emotions. And the third one is take action. And so I'm going to break that down. Trusting yourself is number one, because a lot of times with mom guilt, 
we are, we're kind of not trusting that we're making the right decision in that moment. And so when we can build up trust within ourselves that we are making the right decision, and usually what it is, is like honing on what is really important in this exact moment, you know, and it is, so an example is I have to get up, as I mentioned, my daughter was sick. And so I, I'm only going to put this in context because we're an audience where you have to probably care, give at an extra level. So I'm going to put this for myself in a temporary context, not, and and imagine for this mom, it's going to be every single day. So when my daughter gets sick, I go on a full on routine. It's the only thing that has helped us for her to get better. We're taking like X amount of like vitamins. We're taking like this type of medicine. We're doing some saline spray. We're like, you know, doing this now, imagine (laughs) Like we have a whole routine and everything is laid out. I talked to, uh, I have like a Google um, thing that like gives us like reminders. I love technology. So I was like, you know, remind me to take the medicine, like doing these things. So imagine that that is a mom's daily routine, you know, that she's getting up. She's, you know, really attending to this child, making sure their meds are there. They're taking, you know, taking their meds doing a routine over and over again, you have to have and trust that you need to have a routine for yourself too. And it can be small. It does not have to be big. And I encourage my clients to start very small. And I, that's how I started. I started with like a five, 10 minute routine and something that I know that's truly going to fill me up within those five minutes. So if it's prayer for you, it's going to be prayer for you those five minutes. If it's going to be a meditation for you for five minutes, you're going to do that. If it's going to be journaling, but you're going to commit to it just like you commit to giving your child their meds for that time. And I think that that's what what we don't do is we're like, I'm going to commit to my child because I'm caregiving and I'm taking care of, but that we have to understand that that little five, 10 minutes has to come first for you. And then you can do it. Or if for some reason you can't do first then, like first you and then them, it's still them. And then you're like, hey, I need to tell everyone in your family. And I tell my moms this, tell everyone in your family, I need to go do my journaling. I need to go do my prayer time. When you talk about what you want to do to your family members, including your children, which is the hardest part for my moms, is I don't want to tell my four-year-old I got to go do this thing. I don't want to ignore them. You're not. You're setting the tone to let them know that self-care is important, that wellness is important, that a routine is important. So um, I did that for several years. And then about around three years old, when my daughter was you know, starting to talk a little bit more, four, three or four, I think, she came in with her shoe, with my shoes and said, mommy, you have not done your routine yet. Mm-hmm. You need to do your routine yet. And I have also seen this with nonverbal kids, with clients. They will come and get the, the thing, the book, the, the whatever they're doing, because they're seeing and they're seeing us do that work every day. They're helping us. Um, so that is when you can kind of get to that point where you choose what's going to fill you up, you are then trusting yourself that you are making the right choice. And then 
it'll, it'll just kind of start trickling in. Your kids will understand your part, your partner will understand. Um, my husband the other day reminded me to go, you didn't, you didn't go on your walk. I was shocked. He reminded me. <laughs> yeah, was like he, He's usually in bed, like sleep like this because he works a lot too as well. And so, um, you know, having, telling everyone in your family, I am now doing this 10 minute, five minute routine and I'm going to be doing this. I'm committing myself to it. Can you remind me? Can you help me? Um, that is very powerful for a mom to do. And I am going to be honest. It is hard. It is going to be hard to tell everyone that you need those five or 10 minutes, but it is important. It is imperative that you do it. Yeah, I love that. And one of the things that I tell my kids all the time is it's mommy's turn Mm -hmm. to do things. So, I mean, I do this with eating a lot, you know, I'll make all their food and then I'll make my food and be able to sit down. And so now they've already like eaten dinner. Now they're coming back for light seconds and like wanting a snack and I haven't eaten my dinner yet. And I tell them you had, you got a chance to eat dinner. You can have a snack in a minute, but right now it's mommy's turn to eat because we get a chance to have a turn too. You know, I think that's where a lot of parent moms get stuck too, is that, you know, we put ourselves last, you know, after our kids and we love our families and we want to do with our families. But, you know, I mean, if I just kept letting those kids have snacks, I wouldn't eat till like 10 o'clock at night because it's bedtime and, and, you know, and I wouldn't get to eat. And it's important for me to eat and nourish my body so that I can show up for my family. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it is to your point, it is a team effort. And Mm -hmm. to be able to explain that to your kids and to your family, that we're all on a team together in the house and we're all helping each other. Like I'm helping you get your food, but now you got to help me and go play a little bit so that I can eat, (laughs) you know, or so that I can do my, you know, 10 minute exercise. So I exercise as well. That's so part of my wellness routine is I love to um, drink my coffee in the morning and I love to like take my time. It's almost kind of like a ritual for me. I really like coffee, good coffee. Um, You know, so I get up in the morning, like if it's on the weekends, um, a little bit before my kids and I watch like a TV show that I want to watch because usually the rest of the day that I don't get to. So, and definitely having the coffee, if it's, um, on, you know, a school day when I'm taking the kids to school, I like, honestly enjoy my coffee driving them to school. And that is like my time I put on a podcast <laughs> and I drink my coffee and they're in the back seat, And, you know, so that is part of my morning routine. And then, you know, sometime in the morning after we get home, I do like literally only 10 to 15 minutes of a workout. Um, and I've lost 12 pounds by the way, <laughs> which was intentional. I was mean to, because I was like, it's time to like, start getting back in shape, you know, getting my body stronger, healthier again. Um, you know, I felt like I was lacking energy. Um, you know, so I started like increasing my water. So now I have like a thermos that like has the markings. So that's part of my wellness routine is making sure that I'm drinking water every hour. And like, it's like measuring it for me. So I'm like drinking down to the measurement which like just adding in water because I was really bad drinking water before gave me so much more energy just drinking more water not like without the extra exercise or anything else just like staying hydrated which we can all do 
So that's part of my wellness routine is staying hydrated, making sure that I'm eating like nourishing food for myself. Um, and a lot of it is pre-prepared. Like, you know, I'm busy. So I buy like pre-cut food. I buy the steam fresh vegetables, but still healthy, yeah. you know, so I'm not necessarily cooking from scratch all the time, but I'm, there are healthy things out there that you can access. Um, they're kind of like pre-chopped and pre-cooked, or you can access things that are like very easy to put together. You know, so I make sure that my, you know, I'm eating healthy food that nourishes me. I do, you know, a 10 to 15 minute workout, um, you know, and then, and then after that, you know, I do with the kit, you know, I do all the regular like school stuff. And then, you know, we go walking around our neighborhood a lot too with our kids, Um, you know, and we go hiking with our kids a lot. That's something we really like to do. We have a lot of trails around here. So that's exercise and getting out in sunlight is one of my things, trying to get outside in the backyard, at least with the kids, um, monitor them and get sunlight, like get out of the house is also part of my wellness routine. Um, You know, and so that's basically what I do. And those are all, you know, very quick things like, you know, 20 minutes of coffee, 10 minutes of exercise, get out in the sunlight with your kids while they're playing in the yard, Um, make sure you're drinking water. And that has helped me be able to, you know, start this business, you know, talk to you, have this podcast and be able to do the things with the kids too. Yeah. And I want to, you know, one of the things I want to address is, so if there's a mom that's listening and they're like, I, I still can't do those things. Like I, I really can't. And I think that goes back again to trusting yourself. So if you're starting to, so it's like you're trusting yourself, you're like, I'm going to choose this thing to do. And then if you start really noticing in your emotions that it is, I mean, uncomfortable to the point where you feel like this is not aligned with you, that it's too much, that it's like really, oh, this is overwhelming for me. It's like, let's work with that emotion because maybe what you're doing, it could be too much, you know? And that like trusting yourself that it's okay to fall back sometimes and say, well, I'm only going to stick to this one thing and I'm only going to commit to this one thing. And I often tell my mom, my mom, sometimes just committing to the one thing first and then like sticking with that and committing to that. And that's the action that you're going to take, because I do think that there's a fine line of wellness that we can go overboard, that we can be like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get this done. I'm going to check this off this list. And it's like, but it's okay if the list is not fully done. I think there is like a some research that says that really in a day, if you can really like click off like three things that you need to kind of get done that are important, then you've done a lot. And I think people don't realize that. They think that three is not enough. It really is like, that's enough for yourself. And so I think that's the other layer that starts to come in is that we just also have to still give ourselves that grace. And that if we're not doing all the things, like, for example, I did not focus on my, um, like losing weight or anything like that until like now, you know, my, that means I took from 2017 to like 20. So I took like five years to kind of just, I would go on walks just because I wanted to, but if I wanted the cake, I ate the cake. You know, I didn't think about, about that because it was more important that I did other things first 
And so I think when we can like be very choosy about what we focus on and trust ourselves in that moment and realize we have a lifetime, you know, you have time. And so that's just another thing I tell my moms for wellness because I do that, that becomes a cycle. So I, and I usually see for my mom, start they start to get there where they're like, I got to get this done. I got to get that done. I got to get this done. I got to like, work. and I'm like, okay, let's check in with the body. <laughs> what, are you, what are you noticing? And they're like, okay, I'm really overwhelmed right now. Okay. So what is less overwhelming for you? And they're like, well, it'd be less ever overwhelming if I just focused on doing my daily prayer this morning then that's what you just focus on. And they're like, is that enough? What do you think? And then they're like, I think that's enough. I think it's enough. <laughs> so yeah. So it's just that fine line of wellness and it's it's tricky. And so it's good if you can have, like you said, having a therapist to bounce that off with. Um, I do coaching in that area so that we're, you're clear and you trust yourself. And we do a lot of emotional work, wellness work with that. Um, so you talked about things like tapping um, and really just aligning with what matters most to you. Yeah, I love that. And I love how you, you know, break that down for moms that you can just start with one thing because um, it's true. And when I'm telling you my list now, I've been working on that wellness list for two years. Yeah. And the year that I did my therapy, I didn't do any of that. I just literally did my therapy. And, you know, that involved a lot of going through grief cycles and acceptances. And, you know, I was sad a lot and feeling those emotions. Um, and so I didn't really have a wellness routine because I was healing. And then the one thing that I started with was the cup of coffee in the morning, because I really liked the coffee. And that was my one thing. And then I built up all of this. And I love that, you know, you said you, you know, just now starting to focus maybe on more like health and exercise. And I have just started focusing on now I want to lose some of the baby weight in just the past eight weeks that mm -hmm. we're talking right now. And, you know, I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old and a two-year-old, two and a half-year-old. And, you know, I didn't lose like the baby weight in between, you know, my kids, um, you know, and, and now that they're older, that they're in school, um, I just have the two and a half-year-old at home. She's pretty like, more, you know, she plays really well on her own. Now, just the past eight weeks, I've been doing the water and doing the exercise. So I wasn't even doing that for the past like two years either. Mm -hmm. um, so you're right. It is a slow build. And I love that you say that we have time because I, I think social media in our society tells us we're running out of time mm -hmm. and tells us, which is probably a whole other podcast. I feel like we're going to have to have an episode too. tells us that we're running out of time with our kids, which is a whole other thing, which <laughs> makes us. Uh, makes us feel and I've fought that within myself and now I no longer believe that or follow accounts that say things like that because I disagree that you only you know that you only have like eight more summers with your kids I mean I don't know I spend summers with my mom still because she comes over and helps with our grandbabies <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> totally agree there is not just gonna or like never see them again I mean it that's just it puts so much more pressure on parents. And I think it is incorrect information I, as well. I agree. You know? It keeps us from being in the present moment, which is a yeah. big thing that I'm noticing. So we are focusing a lot on future 
And um, so I always ask the question to my, my child and I always feel like I would get it right this time. So, you know, I ask her, she was in, in school and she was talking about um, past, present and future. So she was like, oh, I learned that in school, like about the past, about the present, about the future. And then, so she was asking, she asked a lot, she has a lot of anxiety that, that just brews up in her. I already see it. And so she's like, so what are, what are we going to do, to, you know, tomorrow? What are we going to do next week? What are we going to do? And I go, is that in the past, the present or the future? And she's like, that's in the future. I'm like, okay, so what are we doing present? We're talking, right? So let's just focus on this. And when we can be a lot more present, and this a lot of this is based in, in mindfulness work, which is a lot of what I do. When we can be a little bit more present, we are at our most like peaceful and calm state. And so, but a lot of people are like, oh, well, you're going to ignore the future. No, present day. So if I want my child to go to college, I will say present day. Yeah. When you go to college, like, you know, we have to prep for college. Like I'm going to be using that kind of communication present moment. And so I think that that's, that's just important for us to stay present. I'm just, I'm finding a lot, including myself, that we're really in some sort of future version of things. <laughs> yeah. But we have absolutely no idea what our future is going to be. And I think sometimes people don't want to hear that. But you have no idea. Like you didn't know that you would end up having two children that would have a hearing impaired. Like you would you know that. That was definitely not in the plan <laughs> of our future. Honestly, like starting this podcast wasn't in the plans of my future until like two months ago. So I didn't know the starting the blog wasn't in my future plans until like a year ago. Um, programs that I'm working on were not part of my reality until like last week. Yeah. <laughs> when I talked to my accountability partner, I wasn't even going to do one. And then she like got me thinking about it. Um, yeah. And, and you're right. And even under the best circumstance, like the best world circumstances, you just don't know the future. Like it hasn't happened yet. And I agree that when we can't live in the present and just enjoy the present and we're worrying so much about what's going to happen, what's going to happen and things that may never happen because those things aren't true yet. They haven't happened and it's not true. They may or they may not. It keeps us chasing something. We're never happy. We're never satisfied because we're chasing the next thing or the next worry or, you know, and, and you're going to be chasing your whole life. If you keep doing that, you're going to be chasing your whole life. Yes. Yes. You're never going to be happy, really. Yeah. Yeah. So when we as parents and as moms can really just be in the present moment and you kind of start to feel it, especially if you do a lot of work, how we're talking about like tapping, really working on your emotions, you start to kind of feel it. You're like, oh, well, I know the difference. I know the difference when I'm chasing a lot of things versus being fully present and trusting that everything is going to go okay, or at least I know how to navigate the situations that are coming up. And that's usually for a lot of our moms where we're just unsure if we're navigating our, our situations as a parent 
and as a working parent in the best way. So just building up that trust within yourself is important. Yes, I love that. Um, I know I could talk to you for hours and hours and I won't because I want to respect your time, but maybe we'll bring you back on because I feel like there's so, I had like so many more questions and things to talk about. But I would like to say, um, I would like to hear about where people can find you. And I know you have several programs um, and maybe we can also just briefly say this podcast episode is probably going to air sometime in like January. So it'll be like new year, new goals, <laughs> it'll be 2024. You know, what can we say about taking care of our wellness in, in this new year that's coming up and you know, what, how can we start to do that? So I often say that I want you to think about if any mom is listening to this, the concept of mommy new year and mommy new year is not just going to happen within the new year. It's going to happen throughout your life. There are going to be a lot of changes and shifts and transformations. And so how can you navigate your mommy new year? And so I just want every mom to kind of think about it in that way. It's like you're constantly shifting and changing when your child goes into lifespan area. So when they go into like toddler area, when they're going into um, going to kindergarten is a really big shift and change. Um, uh, you know, having that newborn and then noticing what's happening and seeing the changes within yourself. So it's not like your children are changing, but you're also changing. And so I want you to always ask yourself, how am I going to shift and change through this difficulty or this challenge that I'm having with my child? Um, you can go on, I'm on all social media platforms as mommy consults. So on Facebook, on um, Instagram, on TikTok, and then on YouTube, we have a, a guest that we usually do once a month, but I often talk about these transitions too as well. Um, and you can catch me on linktree.com slash mommy consults. And I usually update it with anything that I have. Um, I do have an ultimate wellness course for superhero working moms. It's a 90 day course. Um, there are times where I don't do the course and then I do the course. So you'll just have to go on Linktree um, at Mommy Consults and see um, when I'm offering that at that time. So that's where you can find me. And I really want you to kind of just be present and notice that transition that you're going to start having within yourself within this mommy new year. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Michelle. It's been so fun to talk to you and I really appreciate all of your in insight and sharing so much with our moms today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey mama, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and subscribe to this podcast? I never want you to miss an episode and to be without valuable information to help you and your family. Also, please leave a quick written review for the show on Apple Podcasts. It lights me up to know this podcast is helping you. Now go check off the rest of your to-do so you can love on your family today. And I'll meet you back on Thursday for another episode. Ciao, mama.